Welcome to the Happy Entrepreneur Podcast. This is a podcast for people who look at business differently. It's for founders, freelancers, change makers, and freedom seekers who want to make money, do good, and be happy. We choose the path of the happy entrepreneur not to get rich, but to express ourselves and serve others in the most authentic way we can. Many of us couldn't find our role by working for others, and so we chose to work for ourselves. We took the more uncertain path, not because we wanted to, but because we needed to. We value learning, play, and friendship, and we have a need to make a meaningful impact in the world. By following the path of the happy entrepreneur, we learn as much about ourselves as we do about business. On this podcast, I have conversations with other happy entrepreneurs from different walks of life, industries, and countries. We talk about the journey and about what we learned about ourselves along the way. For us, entrepreneurship isn't just a way to make money, but a journey of self-discovery and growth. If you're on the same path and are looking for inspiration and connection, then this podcast is for you. Right. I thought you were going to be the world's number one online facilitator. That's what I'm, uh, I'm getting there. I'm going to give me a week and my online course will be out. Okay. <laughs> Fail fast to learn fast. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, okay, that, let's start as we as we usually start. How are you feeling, Lawrence? <laughs> I'm feeling better after reading everyone's comments and seeing everyone arrive. Um, actually, I'm feeling today's probably my lowest day so far. I actually had a really bad night's sleep. Oh. I woke up about two thirty in the morning and felt like oh. And then you know that feeling of why do I feel a bit weird and shit? Oh yeah, that <laughs> 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 that kind of like am I in a dream? Am I? in a nightmare um so yeah but generally positive but yeah you know when you feel like a bit after not a very good night's sleep just a bit tired and a bit kind of yeah so i took a long walk and feel better nice yeah well, that's good yeah it's, such, it's weird times i think lack of sleep is definitely not going to help um feeling well the feelings that are going to be felt uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad it's nice weather you know so sunny good um being at home it's a not much of a change you know we we work remotely most of the time so that's not too bad i've got i've tried to get myself into a, a routine of exercise every morning so i'm using a, a swirk it we've got old ryan who's part of our community he's he's the founder of swirk it and there's a bit of an app so a bit of a plug there for ryan but it's just created a habit of just doing some kind of physical exercise in the morning that's always that helps with my mood i trying to keep a routine um as much as possible though this week has been like pure adjustment mode but i think the biggest thing for me is the whole just managing how i respond or react to everything i see and read online um like yesterday the whole clapping thing was amazing and just even reading stuff people's experiences about that you know it is quite you know uplifting and connecting and really feels to share about that for those that aren't maybe in the uk or didn't see that yeah um Actually, I don't know where it's come from. Do you know more about it? I just got a text from a friend saying, go outside now and clap. <laughs> I didn't even yeah, know. No, I, just, I saw a little graphic go around about a week ago, someone sharing. So I'm guessing it came from yeah, one person and it's, it kickstarted this. I don't know if you were in the chat and you do know. I do remember seeing a video of some Dutch woman saying that, that it's something they were doing in the Netherlands and she was she's tried to introduce it here. Hmm. It started in Italy first, Emma says. Um, and I thought, okay, we're on a quite a big street. It's quite wide. I can't, you know, I can imagine just like, I thought we're going to be standing out there, just me and my family clapping. But you could hear 
all across the valley where we are, people shouting and cheering and clapping. And that was, there was something weird that stirs inside you when you hear that. Mm. So I think Anne's not familiar. It was, it was, so just to give a bit of context, it was aimed at the NHS workers or people working on the front line, really. Um, we got friends with teachers and support staff. And I think it was generally for NHS, but all the support staff that make them tick. And so, yeah, it was quite emotional, really. I don't know how you felt, but it was just, it's almost like a show of solidarity, but also it felt like um, because we're all stuck in our homes on the street, being able to come out and connect around a common, common intention was really powerful. And we had some fireworks going off here as well. So people were obviously using that as an excuse to let off their remaining fireworks. Damn, I knew I could have done something with the box of the, the crap fireworks that I've got in. <laughs> but it's not a time. You don't want to end up in A&E at the moment. So it's pretty wise. You do. No, that is true. <laughs> Did you see the space station though? We, we were looking at it. It was bizarre. So like we looked out the front at eight and clapped to, the, um, to everyone else on the street. And then at the back, the International Space Station was going overhead. So, oh. Yeah. That is, that is nuts to see that. Yeah. It's really it weird. It took two minutes to go from one side of the sky to the other. It was so clear last night. Really clear. If so, yeah. anyone is self-isolating. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, I was amazed by it. I haven't seen it before. So, yeah, kids were pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't know how many people are up there, but it must be nuts. I'd, I'd be curious to see pictures of the world now, given what's everything's kind of stopped. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I actually found out about that because, um, so I set up a WhatsApp group for our street, um, which was a brave move given most of my street are about 70 plus. Um, but I've got a, you know, enough, enough for it to be a thing. Um, and it's been great. And I heard you know, someone said, oh, check out overhead about 8.26 last night. You know, space station's going to be going overhead. Um, so that's been nice. But yeah, also now getting lots of phone calls from people in their 80s who don't have mobiles. Um, <laughs> And turning into a, a bit of a counsellor, but that's that's nice too. Worst night? No, it's really good. We, we had something similar around us, and we flyered everyone and left our phone number. So we did about fifty houses around here. Uh, and to be honest, not actually one thing. We had some guy who refused the the uh, leaflet or the flyer because they thought we were selling something, which was weird. <laughs> or that we were a bit weird, maybe a bit like religious cult or something. Yeah. But then we got, uh, and we, but ultimately we didn't get hardly any calls. We had two calls out of 50 people, uh, which were nice calls saying, thank you very much. Don't need any help at the moment, but I, at least I've got your number when I need it. So that was good. But it's, it's interesting that, I don't know, personally, I thought maybe there'd be more people reaching out, but maybe people are just also. No, re no requests for Lou Roll just yet. No requests for Lou Roll yet or to go to do the, to do the shopping. Um, but I did help a nice old man with his bins because we didn't have uh, the rubbishman come for a good few days, which which turned out, you know, given the foxes and the seagulls that we have down our road, it can become carnage if you don't do something this like that. This is nature biting back, right? Oh, <laughs> so, yes. Wildlife oh. taking over the city. <laughs> um, but no, it's interesting because, well, with our, our groups turned into like sharing which um, shops have food. <laughs> <laughs> Or which online shops are taking orders, um, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think the interesting thing I found is actually using the the things I've learned building our community and just using some of those tricks to to help get people engaging on it, and that's been nice. Um, mm. One guy said he feels less scared, which is really lovely to hear. That's good. Um, so yeah, I think just like, again for a lot of people who aren't familiar with technology. I think they think when they're isolated, they are literally isolated and, and to give them access to tools and 
we've been sharing stuff with our kids on Zoom this week. Um, you know, once you've got access to these tools, maybe it's not the same, but you can still stay connected and, and not feel isolated. I think that's something empowering once you get that. Yeah. Yeah. It is that um, not knowing what's possible that can um, stop people from, from engaging. Sorry, I'm just asking, uh, laughing because uh, Justine's asked, why are you taking an energy drink? <laughs> are you just naturally high? <laughs> yeah, it's just intravenous um, crack. That's all. Yeah. It's hanging out with me. It's just the kind of complete <laughs> contrast. Thank you, Justine, for reinforcing what I just said. Good. You can rely on your old friends to uh, to bring you up when you're feeling down. Um, so what are we going to talk about today, Carlos? Oh, my God. Uh, we've got so much to talk about, um, and I've lost the list. <laughs> we I think I'm going to need you to, 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 to... By the way, can you hear a basketball at your end from, from me? No. Oh, good. No, there's someone playing basketball next door. Okay. <laughs> you can hear it's like someone banging. Good, good, good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, first off, I think we were going to talk a little bit about maybe some coping strategies, because I think we're all trying to navigate this, this kind of period of uncertainty and, and maybe just share a little bit about what's working for each of us and what we're hearing other people in the community are doing mm-hmm. um, to get through it. Yeah. Um, and also just where, where are we at in this? Because I think that also links to how you cope with it and your kind of mental and maybe physical state um wanted to touch on um i guess how this affects business because there's a lot of well there was an announcement yesterday from the government in the uk about how they're supporting um, some small businesses and but i think more than that we've been looking at ourselves how does this impact us and how does what's the risk to us as a business and so i think that's important to to kind of we've got a useful tool that might help people when they're trying to analyze what what we're um what we're doing are you are you talking to me are you just staring at the chat no i'm just uh i'm just staring at the chat okay i'm just i'm, I'm just listening to you I feel like i'm talking to a brick wall um <laughs> and this idea of of the world being on pause i think you brought it up last week that yeah. you know, normally when we take a pause in our work or take some time out it feels indulgent because mm-hmm. no one else is doing that but right now you know i think i think something like a quarter of the world is on pause which is crazy and so what does that mean for all of us in terms of how we work? Um, those of us with kids as well, trying to navigate that or loved ones that we're not used to being around 24 seven, what does that look like? So I think we maybe touch on that and how we're navigating that. Yeah, I'll share a blog, a post that I found about how to work at home with your partner without losing your shit. Did she share, share that with you or did you share that with her? Uh, uh, no, I found someone shared, I can't remember who shared it, who, who told me about it. Oh, no, that's it. I think, um, Toby, Toby told me okay. about it. So yes, there's, okay. there's, there's, there some, there. there's some tips on that. Yeah. Um, and I think finally we wanted to touch on this idea of the entrepreneurial mindset. You know, we were talking, I was listening to your podcast with Kirk, uh, Kirk or Dirk? I was Dirk, Kirk Fisher or Dirk Diggly. Yeah, <laughs> he's, got, he's got a fake name on, on Facebook. On Dirk's podcast, he talked about this idea of anti-fragile, for those of you that read that book, and the idea of building up resilience. And how I think for a lot of people, this has really hit them hard. Uh, I'm not saying it's been easy for us, but um, a lot of the entrepreneurs we meet are maybe more familiar with uncertainty and more familiar with, you know, building a bit of resilience about um, blows. And so, you know, just been interesting to talk about that and what we're learning about that and how we can maybe help people in that way. Cool. Okay. I, I wasn't engaging because I thought you were just listing out what we're talking about. Yeah, I was. <laughs> it's fine. I'm used to it. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> so where are we starting? What are we going to get? What are we going to te- get our teeth into? Or- 
Well, what what have you been doing this week? What's what's been getting through? What's been getting you through this? Um, Fortnite has been really good for me. <laughs> uh, I've got into that. I'm now at level fifty-seven. Um, no, and solo or with your son? <laughs> Both. So okay. I, actually, with our good friend Marcellus, he joined yesterday. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. Wow. So uh, our friend from Scotland is now on Fortnite. Um, actually, on a so related to that, why am I escaping into Fortnite? Um, I'm just, I have resigned to the fact for the next two weeks, I'm not going to be very productive. And what I'm spending my time is just trying to uh, readjust to the new normal. Um, you know, kids at home, I'm not, and we're going to talk about this in terms of how to deal with kids at home, but to be honest, I'm, I, I'm not really focused on whether they're getting educated or not. I'm just like yeah. making sure that they're fed, uh, yeah. and I'm not shouting. Um, and also making sure that we actually get out of the house. You know, one of the things I'm trying to do is at least have a walk every day. So once a day very, once a day very socially and socially distancing crossing the it's really awkward when you're yeah. walking down the road and there's someone in front of you and then you like you're going to cross the road or and then you smile from the other side of the road or you see someone at the gut oh you know we see people in their front garden and so you kind of move a bit further away from their front garden and say hi mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's sad and funny and uh, anyway but i found people smiling more and and saying hello more i don't know about you but maybe mm. because you can't walk near each other, they somehow feel the need to say hello. Or maybe it's just we, we craving connection. Um, yeah. I think that frustrates me is when people like just stand still on the path. It's like, ah, oh, how do I get around? <laughs> keep moving, keep moving. And my dog's like running up to them. I'm like, no, they might think the dogs, you know, I don't know. It's just Corona dog. Dogs don't, don't adhere to social distancing. Let's face it. No, Bill, particularly Buddy doesn't listen to anything. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so anyway, Fortnite, what else? Um, yeah, th- so one of the things we tried to do early at home with, with my wife was just to set some clear who's working when and who's, who's looking after the kids because there's this real challenge of um, feeling like your, your mind is always elsewhere. Either you're working, you're having to, you think you need to be with the kids or you're with the kids working. And, and since we're both at home, it, it was like clearly okay you're working on these days you're working in the afternoon uh, and i'm with the kids and vice versa and then that that kind of sets you in the mindset right now i'm focused and i can clearly just get stuff that i need to get done done rather than feel like all right do i need to go and check on people or, or am i supposed to be helping or something at this point in time so that right. that for me was quite useful to to start easing into that it's still a work in progress but i think it's going to be really important over the next few weeks yeah, I think having some kind of routine is important. Uh, everyone I know who either does working from home a lot or homeschooling. I, th- I think what I've found is actually, well, with the kids is actually just trying to see what routine emerges rather than trying to force it. And so the only routine at the moment is Joe Wicks at 9am. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Even doing that, or the kids have uh, and my wife and that seems to get them up and moving. Yeah. Some, something to do. To Did he hit a million viewers this morning? I don't know, but I know he was close the other day. Like pushing for that million hit. Yeah, exactly. Although, although I saw Kim was doing an alternative on Instagram. Did you see that? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, like powerlifting his baby. <laughs> well, it's, it's quite, it's, no, it's really fascinating what is appearing online because my son, he, he did a beatboxing workshop on Tuesday and he came down buzzing, really enjoying that. And so there's this real opportunity to essentially yeah, share knowledge 
um, quite easily um, yeah, using technology and, 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 to, and to help out kids, um, you know, who, who are probably either going to get stuck to screens playing games or, or mm. complaining that they're bored senseless. Well, I think now you've got access. Well, how many of these celebs are now doing online classes and uh, lessons? I saw David Walliams doing English, Carol Waterman's doing maths. You can pretty much have a whole, if you want to, you know, day mm. full up with um, stuff going on online. Um, so, yeah, there's almost like the world is your teacher now. I always cool. thought that Brian, got, Brian Cox would be a cool science teacher. Now you've got that as an option. <laughs> <laughs> Anne has, uh, she says she's, she knows some fun sports routines. Please, Anne, post that as a question because then we can come back to you later to get you to share uh, with, the, uh, with us what that could be. Uh, yeah. And please let us know if you're happy to come on the, as, on the video as well because it'd be nice yeah. to Later on, we want to get some, exactly, get some people on the call. Face to face. Rambling on. Um, so, okay, so basically getting some routine. It sounds like you're trying to sort out your roles in terms of who, so you can switch off and not think, you know, exactly. not have that FOMO of like, I'm doing this or that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very much about attention and focus, um, mm. because otherwise, yeah, this there's so much to distract us at the moment. It's 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 crazy. Actually, from that article that I was um, reading about not losing your shit, is one of the interesting things around this. If you are working from home with your partner, is understanding how they work, and you end you get to see them in their work mode, uh, and that maybe sometimes they might be just looking like they're just scrolling through social media and you think, is that work? But actually that might be actually part of their work. And so there's this thing of like, you actually see how they work. Even yesterday, right. my wife was on a call with the UN and she was all suited and booted. And I said, I'm used to Zoom, and Zoom webinars and a jumper and that's it. But again, there's a different side of people that you see that, mm. that you might not have seen before because you don't work together. Yeah. And also I, think, I know some people like dressing up even if they don't have to, just to feel like they're, at work you know yeah. rather than different pajamas <laughs> they want to wear yeah power dress or you know power suit or whatever it is but something that makes them feel like okay i'm transitioning to work and later on i will take my clothes, other clothes off take clothes off <laughs> that's another thing to get you through the week <laughs> good luck with kids and <laughs> <laughs> uh, matt mark wants to know whether you've got any trousers on <laughs> well if I've you stay until the end You'll find out. Is this, where you, is this where you stand up and you've got a tutu on? <laughs> oh, I wish I had a tutu. <laughs> yeah, that's what the world needed. That the world needs tutu and qigong breathing. Now, now's the time to have the haircut that you'd always sort of been. No, I can't. I, you know, actually, the day before lockdown, I was supposed to get my haircut. I thought, mm. mm, now wait, I'll wait a day, and then now I can't do it three for another later. three weeks <laughs> at least. I've got a pair of clippers if you want to borrow them. Yeah, yeah, please drop them off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my wife is the same. She didn't get her uh, hair coloured before. And so now she's frantically buying stuff on Amazon to get her roots done. <laughs> so yeah, there's going to be a lot of DIY hair going on at the moment. Yes, definitely a lot of DIY hair. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you, can, you can do what you want with your hair now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to be wearing a beanie from now on. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I saw the news, Justine. Boris has got coronavirus. So, breaking news for those of you that don't know. Oh dear, it's going around. It's going yeah. around. So right. Anything else? You talked about um, uh, Fortnite, indulging in games. Yes, it's it's really about. Uh, so there's that kind of. Um, I'm essentially during the day working half a day, or being able to work half a day, so I can devote some time to the kids, spending a bit more time at night. But actually not. 
I'm trying to do what's essential rather than trying to do everything. There's so much stuff we'd love to do, but I've just realized I need to, I need to manage my energy. Um, and I'm not going to be as productive or creative as I'd like. So I, f- I feel, I also feel tired. I feel yeah. a bit more tired. I don't know why. And maybe it's just so much more information and stuff going on, but I do feel the need to sleep more. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I, I saw Catherine as well as, you know, some people are still working hard and needing to work and, and you know, I accept that that's going to be a challenge for people who, who have deadlines and who have commitments. Um, and I, I, I think for, ultimately for me, the, what's where I'm coming from is just trying to manage my energy really uh, because mm. not just physical energy, but emotional energy. Yeah. I suppose it's background anxiety. We've been fed a lot of information that's hard to compute. I think that even if you try and stay level headed, it's hard not to yeah, uh, feel that in some way. And so I think it's a lot to process, put it that way. And it is subconscious as well. I accept, you know, it might not be stuff. I even know what I'm getting mm. tired about, but I'm sure there is stuff leaking in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I found myself doing a lot of tidying and cleaning. Our house has never been so clean. <laughs> you can come around ours. We'll move out for a bit. <laughs> no, I think it's just that thing of what can you control and actually what 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 do you like? What not what takes your mind or something, but actually like what just feels like the easiest thing to do. What, what do you have energy for? And so, mm. yeah, tidying. Like we're going to spend so much time at home. Actually, making your home a bit more. Um, of a pleasant place to be or to actually for what we found is to fit the way we are living at the moment so yes. you know, four of us and a dog in a house um, all of us needing to do work um, and so like I said yesterday Arthur was on the, on a zoom call in this room and I was outside on the trampoline it was just hilarious I was like okay this is definitely role reversal um, but yeah he needed to make a call and he had like 20 of his mates I remember it's the craziest zoom call you've ever seen I mean I was in there like, going, do you want to show you how to use it? I was like, no, just forget it. Because in terms <laughs> of like miking 20 kids all at the same, you know, getting them to switch off their mic is impossible. I come in 10 minutes later, they've, they've got breakout rooms going. They've got like virtual backgrounds happening. You know, they'd already worked out how to use it without anyone teaching them. So that's the power of kids and their curiosity. Yeah, there's a necessity. Necessity breeds uh, learning and innovation. <laughs> But it sounds like I had this conversation with Lawrence Shorter the other day, for those of you who know Lawrence, um, and he said much the same as you did, just doing, doing work he had energy for. And I think we both agreed on that, that we're in a very lucky position to be able to do that in this kind of liminal period, let's say, mm. um, to actually just, like you said, prioritize things based on actually, you know, what am, I, what am I able to do based on my energy and actually where can I be of most service to, to, to our you know, community, really? Yeah. <clears throat> So I've got energy from hosting these kinds of calls or like hosting group calls like we had on Tuesday around helping people to transition their business online. And, and these are really just discussions more than anything rather than us, you know, broadcasting them much more at the moment, group therapy, it seems to, to help people navigate this period. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a period of adjustment. Um, and I think that whole thing for me about essentially the word for me is stabilizing. Um, it, I, it, I was inspired essentially by a tweet that um, my wife shared with me. Um, that, yeah. yeah, this woman called a series of tweets from that. Yeah, series of tweets. There's a tweet through Dr. Aisha Ahmad, who, as I understand it, she works in war zones and conflict areas. And she was talking about, you know, she's lived through so many disasters that she's had this awareness of what needs to be done or 
to be able to cope and to be able to manage. And the top priority was to stabilize and control your immediate home environment. And that was her thing. It's like, if you can't do that, you're not going to be in a place, uh, in, a, in a calm place to act from. She talks about clean your house or coordinate a family plan, you know, feel secure and have your own, you know, be prepared for stuff yourself. Mm. Uh, and she goes through all these things, in, including like, um, uh, she says, for a proper mental adjustment window. Essentially, you get mm. some time to just let your mind get used to where you're at and what's going on. Simplifying your work, she talks about. But the final thing that is really interesting, or I really loved the way she talked about it, was um, so she talks about people don't try and create new, wonderful, complicated things, you know, like an, uh, something that's, that's going to take more brain energy than you have. But ultimately, she says, um, this phenomenon should change how we understand the world. So let this distract you from your work because the world is supposed to be our work. Hmm. So may this crisis dismantle our faulty assumptions and force us to into new terrain. And finally, she says, just check on your neighbors, reach out to isolated people and volunteer or donate wherever you can, because the end at the end of the day, and she's an academic, our papers can wait. Our work hmm. can wait in a sense. So there's a, I mean, can a real share that in the chat. If you can dig out there. Yeah, the... I got the link here and I'll put it in the, the chat here. And I, I really got inspired by that in terms of, well, from someone who, who seems to, you know, it, she's had a number of retweets on this, 11,000 retweets mm -hmm. or 12,000 retweets, 35,000 likes, but it's, she seems to come from a place of knowing um, and it all <clears> makes sense to me. Yeah, and we, we were talking about this a bit last week. Um, you know, the natural tendency, I think, particularly more for the creative types is to fill the space. And, and if, for example, your workers dropped off overnight in terms of maybe you're doing a workshop or an event like us you've had to postpone or cancel um, and suddenly you've got this big void of either income or time in front of you i think it's easy to think okay what can i do instead and what can i create and you know normally that is a sensible move but i think particularly like you said at the moment anything that comes from a place of fear or maybe anxiety or scarcity mindset you know like where's the next penny coming from mm. Uh, from our experience we had this on the 2020 program i think we mentioned last week you know we put a, we put on a pause on it for a week or so because of that reason that um yeah anything you create in this frame of mind is probably not going to be the best thing you ever do and, and it might just feel desperate too if you're trying to sell something or market something at the moment so i think like you said it's important just to sit with it and to get your basic needs met almost as a family i think elsbeth yeah. said which i've been doing too just cooking loads and <laughs> just just Focusing on the simple things, really, you know, in terms of what what is it you can do that you know gets you through the day and makes the day better. And and for me, food is such a big part of that. Food and music and outdoors and the, the little things that make the day, you know, tick along. Yeah, and is that that grounding for me? It's I think of the I, the phrase of centering our energy uh, and mm -hmm. focusing on the present to stop us spinning out. Um, and also I mean, that sorry. No, I was just going to say, linked to the grounding thing, I found myself reaching out to friends I haven't spoken to in a long time and listening to music that I didn't, haven't done for years. It's kind of weird. It's almost like going back to what you know, you know, in terms of maybe your roots or um, who, you, who you revert to in times of trouble. And that's the interesting thing for me is like who I found the need to connect with and, um, and in what way as well, in terms of not just sharing a, a meme, but 
you know, how are you doing? Really genuinely wanting to know how people are doing and, you know, that coming back in return to you. Yeah, there's a, more and more, I think, a need for connection, particularly with, well, I think, what you touched on before, the, the fear that's going around, the uncertainty. I think the fear is going to grow, particularly given the, you know, the economic impacts going to have on each of our lives. And that's going to, that's really going to come home. And I think it's already coming home for a lot of people. And then, um, and then how we act when we're in that state uh, is we, there's a, there's a big chance that if we don't, you know, if we're not aware of how we're feeling when we're trying to make a decision, we, we make the wrong decision. Um, and I've been talking about this with my wife and, and my daughter uh, so this morning said we should take time to think before you take a step and uh, at the time i've been talking about um i was listening on the news that the stock market zoom shares have skyrocketed mm, but also there's another smaller company called zoom that does software whose share price has gone from one dollar to twenty dollars because people are making mistakes and betting on the wrong zoom <laughs> and is that panic oh i need to take advantage of this and do something quickly and actually then betting on the wrong horse yeah yeah check before you invest <laughs> yeah check yourself before you do a thing um and that's yeah. the thing at the moment there's so many you know there are some industries that are going to do very well and it's not necessarily time to think about you know taking most of those opportunities but it is interesting to see where resources are required really supermarkets are home like crazy you know, the food industry is not going to go away. You know, so I think, you know, even us locally here in the village, we've got like, you know, all of the restaurants and shops are suddenly having to transition their business to online and local delivery because otherwise they won't survive this period. And so that's important. It's how can, how can these businesses survive and get through this so that they come out of it stronger and maybe even more, more diverse, more, more diversity in terms of their business model. Hmm. You know, they've got access to tools now that maybe they wouldn't have used. Even our green grocer, you know, been in touch with them, trying to get them to, you know, use some of the tools that we know because some of the systems they've got in place are so manual and labor intensive that, you know, they can easily be solved through technology. Yeah, no, there's uh, definitely a, a learning experience if, you, if you're up for it. Oh, Mart, tell me that you're not only wearing a jumper. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw that message. Okay. <laughs> um but yeah linked to the business thing i mean um the so boring thing the government support yesterday for those of you that are freelancers in the uk or anyone who essentially is self-employed you should be at least get some support from the government in the next few months um if you run a limited company less so unfortunately we fit into that camp <laughs> yes well i think it all depends on how you run your business isn't it and that there are so if you if you are uh which most people in uh, particularly contractors in it you run yourself as a limited company you pay yourself in mainly in dividends rather than salary um yeah they won't they will only count the salary as the yeah. as the income and so so yeah that's going to be a challenge i think a lot of us there are going to feel the, uh, the pinch there mm -hmm. uh, and there's yeah i i i rem heard on the on the broadcast as well that they expect a lot of companies to go to the wall which is scary mm. well yeah i think any any uh, business that relies on particularly in-person events you know events a lot of our suppliers obviously in that risky state in terms of tent companies tp companies caterers you know transport all of these things that i think it's just about getting through this period really and being able to 
if possible, lower their overhead so that they can navigate this. But again, this, we don't know when it's going to end. And that's the scary part is a lot of these businesses are coming into a time when, you know, if this had happened at the end of the summer, they might have been okay. But because they've probably gone through a bit of a lean winter, um, that I think that's where it gets difficult is they're just at the point of about to start making some income. And so, you know, that's where if they were on the, the breadline, let's say, then that's where things get really tight. And that's when things get scary and you start scrambling for loads of things to do and everything becomes a priority and you're trying to, to, to fight so many different fires. Um, and so this is where a little exercise that we did yesterday hopefully will help anyone who's, who's in that position of like, okay, what do I focus on next? Um, this and, is Alan, Alan Wick's risk, risk register. Yeah. Alan Wick shared with this idea, this idea of a risk register. Um, and it's essentially a prioritization tool based on how how risky or what the what the risk is of something impacting your business in a negative way. Um, so yeah, we may we can share this with you if it's something that well we found it useful as a way of thinking. Right, these are the things that we should think of next, rather than all the other stuff that we are nice ideas or stuff that we could do. These are very uh, clear things that could have that we could do something about and actually has a major impact on our business and the way he uh, described it is it's essentially a, a table with the various columns and different headings so the first column is is the item the the description of the uh, the part of your business that that you're, you want to address the second column is the probability of that thing happening so for instance um, if you are a, a restaurant, well, no, I say restaurants bad because they're already closed. <laughs> if you're a supermarket, say the trucks, you know, the the borders being closed, you know, so that's an item there. Then you have what's the probability, and you score that one to five. Five being super probable, one being you know negligible, and then you have another column which is um, impact. How is that going to impact your business? Five being super Im major impact, one being a lower impact. And so with borders closing, maybe that's a three, but impact is a five. And so your risk score is 15 because you just multiply the two. And you do that for lots of different things that you can think of. You just brainstorm first. That's what we did yesterday. Brainstorm all the different events and things that could happen in your business. And then go back and then think about the probability and then think about the impact. And then you have this simple scoring system where stuff rises to the top if you order it by the risk uh, risk and stuff goes to the bottom and the principle, then you start at the top and you think, all right, what can I do to mitigate that risk? Yeah. I think the thing we found useful was rather than some of these thoughts and ideas being a, a soup in our heads, particularly when we're thinking about some of the projects or events we're working on, it's good to break it down into these details to see, okay, how can these individual things impact maybe a bigger decision we have to make? And, and for us to be able to make those decisions based on almost data rather than just a gut feeling of where we think, think things might go it becomes more of a calculated decision rather than something that's, um, you know, finger in the air. Exactly. John was asking, is there something visual? We, uh, if we got time at the end, maybe we can just mock something up quickly for you and then you'll be able to see um, how we did it anyway, at least. Yeah. Well, drop us an email. Hello at happystartups.co. If Yeah. Uh, if you want something yeah this is new to us we only discovered it this week yeah um, so we created a template on google docs so we could always share that yeah we could just share a simple template and then yeah um we will have well i don't know if we'll have your email but yeah email us and then we can try and share it out yeah is that john parkin or? is that john uh, john p i don't know who is john p is john parkin 
John at pay. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Thanks. Cool. Um, so yeah, so, so that's one thing I think is that's been useful for us. And I'm sure when we're thinking of making decisions, it can all just feel all encompassing. If a lot of the press is negative, you're not sure where your next paycheck is coming from um, and what decisions you should make. But obviously I've read a lot about this in the last couple of weeks and a lot of people are saying just don't make decisions at this moment, you know, give it a couple of weeks, things become clearer. Um, and I think also when you're like going back to that point at the beginning, we we're talking about creating something new from a place of fear and anxiety, making mm -hmm. big decisions when you're in that place as well is maybe not the best time unless you really have to. So trying to have a bit more perspective on, on what you're trying to do rather than just, you know, have that reaction to something negative. Sorry, I'm just letting uh, Floris know what the meeting code is. Is he always has trouble logging onto our Zoom? I think Floris has trouble with a lot of things, technically. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Zoom's blocked him, is it? Oh, Zoom, he's just, yeah, he's just too out there. Yeah. Cool. Um, where are we going next? I don't know, where are we going next? <laughs> what you got on your list? Another list. Um, I've got a few things. I, I think actually we, we probably want to get on some questions soon in the next five, 10 minutes. So maybe talk about the, um, the idea of the entrepreneurial mindset. And we were talking with Dirk on the podcast about, you know, the idea of resilience. I think that was something interesting. Do you want to share a little bit about yeah. that? Yeah. So his, you know, he's, he's a big fan of the, the book. I think, is it Taleb? You wrote Black Swans. Oh. Nazim Taleb. And he wrote a book called Anti-Fragile. I haven't read it yet, but the principle as I understand it is that you, um, you can build a tolerance, you become anti-fragile when you can build a tolerance to um, challenges that happen uh, and uncertainty. And so um, this idea of being fragile is that if something happens to you and you crumble. Uh, and if you, you become anti-fragile is when you, through challenges that happen to you over time, you kind of uh, condition yourself to be stronger because of those cha challenges. And so rather than being fragile, you become anti-fragile. Yeah. The example that we came up with in, in, in the, uh, the podcast, because he, he teaches Japanese sword fighting, is how they make swords. And basically they're always folding this piece of metal again and banging it and banging it and banging it and folding it and banging it. And that, you know, trauma <laughs> repeated trauma makes that sword incredibly hard and incredibly tough and anti-fragile so as an entrepreneur and if i think of this journey that we're all on we're if you are building a business or you've been building a business you are very accustomed to uncertainty and very accustomed to challenges and things going wrong and the anti-fragility that comes into that because you realize you are able to overcome those things and some of them really big things and you've seen that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and you've gone through that hardship, you then build a resilience to anything else that comes up. Mm. And that makes it less scary. And like you were talking about before, about being able to make decisions from a place of strength rather than fear, you're able to get out of the place and get out of the fear quicker because you remember that you've been able to do that before. Yeah. So knowing that you'll come through the tough time, I think sounds like, well, there's the business side maybe in terms of having um having experienced something that you know is maybe daunting and then you get through it and you're like okay i can do that but obviously from a personal point of view being able to navigate that and knowing that you know maybe it was difficult but you're, you're okay you know everything will be okay knowing that that 
that experience gives you the confidence that this will be okay. For me, it's part of this, you know, what I feel is the core of what we're doing and the community we're building is that if you think of this building business process as I wrote a little post about it as a finite game, like I need to get it to this size, got to make this much money and then I win. Or you think of it, actually, this is all a journey for myself to learn more about me, how I can impact the world in a positive way that's aligned and, and more me. And through doing that, how I learn more about who I am. And so the ups and the downs and the challenges and the tribulations, those are just part of this journey. They're not, oh, I failed at a business or my business is going to die. And so I'm not going to be able to do anything else. It's like, that's a setback. Um, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be hard for the next year or so. But this is just part of the journey. And mm. the goal in the end isn't like I die uh, with loads and loads of money. It's like I die having survived and lived a rich life of, and being able to learn from these experiences. So that's the frame of mind I'm trying to, to shift into from, oh, the business has to be this and it has to do that in order for it to be successful. It's like success is going to be a byproduct of me just exploring what is it I can do to help more people and do that in a way that suits how I work and, and the gifts that I have. And what the world needs as well. I think yeah. someone mentioned the idea of the world is your work, you know, particularly at the moment is you can't build your business in isolation to what's going on. So um, reacting to whatever's coming and that agility, I think is important at the moment. Um, I like what Adam's put there about anti-fragile yeah. being greater than resilience and that um, it's about benefiting or growing from trouble or trauma. Yeah. I also like the expression, which I heard, there was a book I was reading about um, happiness after loss and they talk about post-traumatic growth mm. rather than post-traumatic stress yeah. and how often when people go through trauma or grief, there's, often two camps and you know there's people who really grow from that experience and use that pain to, to do something positive and there's those that really crumble and really and, and they can go through the same experience but react in very different ways to it and it's how they use that pain to to essentially like do something else and so maybe it is it like you said about that that inward looking journey to, to seeing how can i learn from this and how can i use this and turn that into something that i'll learn from and do doing something better next the, the way I've heard it described is the ability to reframe. It's all about reframing, you know, the same situation, but you look at it through a different lens and it becomes less challenging or less, less futile. So, and <clears throat> that's what I've learned over the past seven years. You know, when we started out, it was like, yeah, how can we help startups, you know, build businesses using lean uh, methodologies and, Bring happiness as a or think really strongly about company culture because that's you know strong company culture and and agility in business means success um more we've done this work and the more the people more people we've met it really is this kind of deeper understanding of of yourself uh, and what what beliefs you have that stop you from moving forward what beliefs you have that make you crumble yeah. in different situations and how you can shift that not to change yourself, but to accept I'm that kind of person. I don't like that kind of stuff, but I can get through it. Yeah. And what you want to do in the time you've got here. Um, and I've seen some people posting a lot about, you know, this is scary at the moment, you know, the thought that something might make you or one of your loved ones ill is terrifying. We know people who've even lost loved ones as a result of this, you know, in this last couple of weeks. Um, but I, I'm thinking that, I don't know. A lot of the time we're, we're thinking about big questions with people and ourselves. Like I'm constantly thinking about 
death not all the time but like the idea that like this could happen to any of us anytime forgetting coronavirus and that always framing the work we do i think since day one is this idea that yeah we're not here for a long time so how can we use the time we do have to do something that feeds our soul and feed, feeds the work we want to do and finding other people to go on that journey with and so the idea that yeah basically we're going to get one shot ultimately and so how can we use that to to do the best work we can do without burning out and like you said it's it's about that balance of yeah doing what feeds us but not at the cost of our own well-being yeah yeah and it's it's interesting how this is then you look at what's happening now we're going to go through a massive period of uncertainty and change um and what's going to come out and the feelings that are going to come up and the way that we're going to react isn't the way i look at it isn't about this situation it's about what how we perceive uncertainty risk and and threats like that yeah. and it's an opportunity to think why am i feeling this where is that coming from and is that something that's really helping me and can i learn from it to then create this idea of anti-fragility how can i use those feelings that actually i'm getting so for instance i'm getting triggered by people being um so negative and um how to put it uh blaming each other mm, it isn't that they're wrong you know because they're coming from their own place of fear it's also about me and what i how i react to blame mm. and how i react to judgment and then thinking about okay there are stories in my past there's the ways i i've lived and experiences i've had that make me really react to those kind of situations and then from that for me at least accepting that and knowing that's part of me not trying to change it but seeing it as something that comes i then know how okay i don't jump and react straight away when i feel that okay it's that thing coming up again Mm. chill out it's not them it's potentially some other thing in you you don't have to say something. You don't have to suddenly comment on that post. <laughs> you suddenly write a new sort of blog post to just, you know, uh, counteract what they just said. It reminds so, me of the, a great advice someone gave me years ago when we were uh, running our agency was never respond to an email when you're feeling emotional. No. And it's so easy to do, you know, like you get an email from a client or, a, you know, whoever, you know, some of the team and it pisses you off. And, you know, the first thing you think of doing, right, I'm going to craft this worst thing you could do is like send you know leave it 24 hours run it by one of your team or your loved one or someone yeah chances are it's it's coated with you know emotion exactly and it's also understanding for me that looking what is the intention for that email and initially i feel like those messages the emails the posts the intention is you're wrong no that's not right i'm right you're wrong stop making me feel bad um and I think having that pause and having someone check and someone say, so what is it you want to happen after this email? Hmm. What is it you want to happen after this post? What is it you want to happen after you share this thing that you're sharing? What is it that's going to go out into the world for people and how do you want them to react? For me, it's a real, well, it's, it's a real check. It's like, well, what is it I want to yeah. create for people? Is it actually going to help the situation? Yeah, but sometimes we don't know if it will help or not. But I think what we can know is like, what is it I want it to do? What is my intention with it? Because it it could be purely, I need to just vent. Hmm. And I just need to get this off my chest. So maybe you need to do that somewhere in another way. Because you can't keep it in either. Like Hmm. even that whole, I can't say something. It's like, then you just got this horrible churny feelings. I I feel really, I need to say this to someone or else it's just going to turn into other things that you might do. Mm. so i think that awareness like i need to vent okay where can i vent that's safe 
and where can I vent that's actually going to, I'm going to be heard and received in a way that's going to help me rather than harm someone else. Mm. It's interesting what Catherine posted about, we put on the summary before we talked about the idea of being versus doing. I think mm. we touched on it a little bit at the beginning when we were talking about, you know, the way I think about that is um, really sitting with a feeling like tidying for me or, or like going for a walk is processing time. I've even found myself staring out the window daydreaming, which I haven't done for years. Um, unintentionally when I'm on a call just kind of like going off um, and for me that's when we're talking about before like the idea of just heading into doing mode of creating things and filling the time um, when you talk about like people's need to vent and we all have this is maybe it is just like processing and, and not trying to fill that time and, and maybe feeling those feelings through activities or meditation or whatever the thing is for you that creating space ultimately does then I think that's maybe where we need to be more in the next, certainly in the next few weeks, I feel, um, in the UK and other places that are getting close to that of we're in this big transition period to what is this new normal, like you said, and how do we, yeah, how do we not just head into being busy fools? I'm really conscious of that sitting with feelings is really hard. And I found it super hard in the past. And it's really challenging because um, one of the most, difficult parts of it is your your own worst critic that mm. you're going to feel something and then you're probably going to criticize yourself for feeling that which then criticize the criticism and then you just spin out and there's there's and this is i think why we're i really believe we're in a, the best placed re, we're really well placed to help because what what i believe is needed is space for people to sit with these feelings and be held in a way that they can process them mm-hmm. without spinning out yeah. And this idea of being able to have people listen to you, have people to reflect what you're saying without any judgment, without trying to fix you, but just help you process what's going on rather than doing it on your own. I think that's more than anything in the next couple of weeks. That's what we all need to be able to do for each other. And people talk about you know, even having a call, a conversation, that's part of it. But I think there's also something deeper that we can really help with. It's, that's based on us just learning more about ourselves. Yeah, totally. I'm conscious of time. Probably got about five or six minutes left. Yeah. Um, do you want to do, do some questions? And... Yeah. So I'm just trying to see. Uh, all right. <laughs> I was going to see if there's anything on Facebook. I just see Floris's comment. Yes. Haha. I'm in. I found I can just watch you on Facebook anyway. No, no. He's, he's also asked um, the big questions, you know, big existential questions in the chat. <laughs> like, what do we live for? <laughs> Is that Floris? Is Floris in the chat? Yeah, yeah, we've got two questions, one from Anne, one from Oh, Ross. excellent. I think I'd love to know what Anne's question is, because she asks, can she ask a question about building a business? Okay. Unless it's like... Anne, go for it. Um, all right, where are the questions? <laughs> oh, you can't see them. Oh, and no, I can see it now. Okay. Uh, all right, we'll wait for Anne's question. Are we going to tackle Floris's then? Um, oh, I think he's basically saying, how do we navigate potential societal collapse <laughs> and uh oh, it's, it's only a friday morning floris <laughs> he's been waiting for this moment <laughs> um, but it does feel like this big shift of behavior whether this is something that will stick but we're being forced into slowing down you know the skies are clearer there's dolphins and the, the venice canals you know the world is changing and we're having to re align the way we work and live. Um, but whether that will continue, only time will tell, I think. 
Yeah, I, I, it was, for me, as long as we can all deal with the fear, then yeah, we'll be able to sort this out. Um, if we can't deal, deal with the fear uh, and that turns into panic, then we're screwed. Um, so I think our, our, our jobs, people here on the chat, people in our community, people in, who follow us, you know, the work we need to do is to counteract the fear. How do we stop the fear? Mm. Because that's, I think that's going to, that's as much help as it's going to be, you know, clapping outside to cheer on our NHS workers that counteracts the fear. Yeah. That stops the fear and that makes us feel connected. Yeah. And I think any community initiative, anything that's bringing people together, um, because, you know, you look out the window for most people, the world's as it was, you know, you look at the trees, you look at the birds, you know, look at the sky. Um, it's when we switch on the news and hear the stories of people, you know, on the front line that things shift. And so I think it's, yeah, what is on our, what is in our control? And, and for a lot of people, it is that local connection, I think, or even like this, you know, remote connection, but, but you know, feeling not alone. And then Floris says that's what he's been doing. You know, that's, that's Floris's work, bringing people together, mm-hmm. getting people to think. Yeah. Think a bit more deeply about these things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I think also think we're so early in this. It's so raw that um, I find it hard to think too far ahead in terms of like, what does this mean for society? What does the post COVID world look like? I don't know. I, I feel like there'll be time for that, but I think for now it's more, yeah. How do we support people as we navigate this period? Hmm. Uh, I think Anne has left the call. I didn't realize. I thought she was there still. Okay. Um, so she says, uh, can I ask a question regarding building up a business and what you would advise? I assume, is that, do you think that's starting a business or growing a business? I'm not sure, to be honest. It's quite a meaty question that would probably take mm-hmm. a whole call to even start to answer. Um, but yeah, th- I would say there's lots of stuff on our website in terms of blog posts. We'll stick that on hold for now. Yeah, a nice easy question. Ellsworth asked about altitude. Yes, Ellsworth, we did make a decision. We've postponed it till um, later in the year. So it's going to be, fingers crossed, September, October time. Yeah, anything over the next few months is so uncertain. Um, it's hard to plan for for anything. You know, what's more events? Yeah. So yeah, to give people a sense of certainty and clarity, we've had to move it. Yeah. And, and again, talking about the power of conversation like we did at the beginning, that's been one thing we've been doing with all our people, suppliers for all the events we do is trying to keep that conversation going because ultimately we're all trying to navigate this together. And so, yeah, having that transparency of what's going on for each of us I think is really important. Mark mentioned uh, the ideas of trying to play and laugh remotely. He's doing his um, mm. play workshops, um, online sessions. So, yeah, I think that kind of stuff would be great. Uh, I'm not sure how did it go. You can tell us maybe how it went, or but in the chat how it went with the last one. But I think getting more opportunity to have that um, that time to play together, whatever that means for people. I know someone in the community was talking about uh, their interest in improv. Mm-hmm. Um, there's at least a couple of people in our community who are interested in improv. How that could help others. Um, who, who who have a similar interest um and that's just posted something carlos what's your difficulty with the f- the feelings around self-criticism oh this is going to be a carlos therapy session yes it was it is very much around uh, self-criticism and i and um boringly enough uh it sounds like a cliche it's all down to parents 
it's all down to for me relationships and perceptions that I had of how I was uh, talked to and how I received that and then how that ingrains into a feeling the way I see a lot of this stuff is is un, un, ununderstood feelings you haven't processed them and so they just come up in different times and then you act in weird ways so mm. yes feelings around self-criticism definitely um sounds like it was great martin and that and that was on the the play zoom yeah play zoom the plume yeah so um yeah i think martin's going to share more about that for those of you in the summer camp facebook group cool if, if not maybe if anyone's joining from linkedin or or zoom um, look out for martin gordon on on linkedin awesome cool i think we hit the hour we hit the hour and we still have people there it's amazing <laughs> up with us. well thank you very much everyone for joining us um hope to see you again next week same yep. time same place uh we'll be sharing um the links on linkedin facebook is there somewhere specific we can put it so that people can do we put a web page up i don't know where we can direct people so they can always they don't get lost in their social media feeds. Yeah, we can we can work something out. We might even try Crowdcast. We talked about using that. Maybe we could do this more. Yeah, easy. actually, uh, that's uh, that'd be a good experiment. Maybe we'll try Crowdcast next. But yeah, well, look look out for myself and Lawrence on LinkedIn. Look uh, look out for the, any um, events that are posted on the Summer Camp Facebook group. We'll probably put something as well on the the Happy Startup School group if you're on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, Happy Startup School page if you're on Facebook. And then maybe we also think about doing something, um, put a web page up where we can have a schedule that people can just click on. Yeah. And we'll record, we'll put the recording on the podcast anyway for those that can't make it live. Yes. Look out for the podcast. If you go to um, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and even SoundCloud, look for The Happy Entrepreneur and you'll be able to find all the recordings of this. Yeah. And we want to bring in some friends, special guests. I think as we, as, as this unfolds, seeing how this format works, I'd love to get your feedback, getting some nice comments, which is great. Um, but yeah, ways we can make this better and more useful for people because ultimately, yeah, we're all trying to navigate this together. So I want, to, want it to be as useful for us as it, as it is for us. Actually, what might be useful as well is if you, ha if you're not already on the, our mailing list, if you could sign up to that, then we can start sending, you know, we can start finding out who on our mailing list is interested in this stuff and we can send you email reminders and that way you don't have to worry about having to find stuff or search us out. We can just um, alert you as and when. Cool. All right. Thanks Brilliant. everyone. Thank you for listening to the Happy Entrepreneur Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Also, if you'd like to learn more about being a happy entrepreneur and want to connect with more people like you, then go to our website, thehappystartupschool.com, and subscribe to our newsletter. Amongst many other things about business and life, we'll help you answer the following questions. How can I serve others by being myself? And how can I discover who I really am by serving others?